Are you not entertained? We're going to talk about boredom today. Hey, do not turn off the video yet. Fight through it. We're going to talk about how to deal with our boredom and to grow in sticking with things, even when we get bored. This is Justin Westmoreland, and you're listening to the Fully Alive podcast, where we integrate physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual relational health so that we can become a fully alive community together. So welcome back to Fully Alive, the podcast to help us grow as a community committed to being fully alive, relationally, spiritually, physically, and mentally, and seeing the integration between all of our areas of our life to our full health. So, let me introduce to you my friend, Zach, joining the podcast for the first time yeah. on Fully Live. This is episode nine. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah, it's nine weeks in a row. Come a long way. Filming here on a Saturday morning, and uh, I don't know if your brackets are busted yet. You know, mine's actually doing decently well, but we're here in March. It's March Madness, and we're here to talk about boredom today. Okay? That's right. That sounds, that sounds exciting, right? Yeah. Boredom. Yeah. No, it's, it's not, not the most exciting topic but it is a relevant topic how much do we deal with boredom every single day of our lives right you know you're just over there probably just uh, justin's over here talking borophil you know whatever yeah, you're talking about just looking off in the distance yeah. and you're probably wishing hey i had, wish i had my phone so i could scroll through it while he's yapping about whatever you know that's what we do we just feel like we've got to fill that space with, with something. Every single moment of our lives, we gotta have something to do, right? And it's gotta be exciting. So what is boredom? The first thing we're gonna get into today is what is it? Let's define the terms and talk about it. Well, when we're bored, what's behind that? We have this insatiable desire to be entertained. We have this idea that we've gotta be entertained. And so what I'm gonna first present to you guys is from a, uh, a paper I read online by Ed Welch. It's called Our Fascination with Boredom. And he's, he's reviewing you know, scholarly articles on boredom and the topic, and, and he breaks it down into three categories of what we mean when we say boredom. Okay, so number one, and he likes to, he likes to joke on himself and say, hey, I'm a pretty boring guy, so this really describes <laughs> he's me. He's an expert, yeah. Yeah, he knows, he knows about it, but he, actually this is not something that you want to run from. The first way we talk about boredom is just simple ordinariness. You know, the regular, steady, predictable things of our lives. You get up every morning kind of the same way, same manner, you get your coffee going, you find some breakfast, you get to school, you get to work, you know, then you, then you do your laundry, you put your laundry away, you, 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 you work, you, you, you stare at your computer screen for a while, you get mm -hmm. stuff done, you check some news websites occasionally, you get back on work, take a break, you know, the, the normal stuff, yeah. you know, then, then you get home, uh, I, every, every time I get home, oh, my kids are there, we play, we eat dinner, put them to bed, go to bed, Rinse wake up, yeah, same, same yeah. thing every single day. Hey, that's not bad. You know, the steadiness, the predictable nature of life, not a bad thing at all. And in fact, it keeps us sane, you know, to have mm -hmm. ordinariness and regularity in our lives. So when we talk about boring, that's one way we might mean it. And it's actually a good thing that our lives are somewhat boring, but that's not boring like we, we fear. You know, we don't fear that the most. So second thing is what he calls micro boredom. And that's what we were alluding to earlier is that I've got to fill that space in my life, you know, and so... I've got a million apps on my phone that I never use. I don't know what they're there for, and I feel mm -hmm. like I've got, I'm going to need these someday. And then uh, when I'm, on, when I'm on, I've noticed this when I was in campus ministry at OU, 
I would be on an elevator and I'm just looking to meet somebody, you yeah. know, and, and that's my whole point in being there. I want to get to know people on campus. Can't even make eye contact. And no one will look up at you yeah. from their phone or they're texting or there's something going on. They've got to be doing something, you know, and so that's, that's, that, and that's me too. You know, I feel that, that same thing. Netflix, you can get on Netflix and scroll for days and never come to the end. If you watched everything on Netflix, it would take you uh, 20 or 30 years, you know, and they're always, you know, putting new content on, taking it off, you know, so, so I, I get on there and I just click through it. I don't even know what to pick. You yeah. know, it's like the, the choice paralysis, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I'm, I'm worried I'm going to pick the wrong thing and then I'll miss, not, not get the most out of this time or my rare time to Netflix binge. Um, okay, so we got a lot of things. We want to be amused. We want to be distracted. We got this desire. That's micro boredom. We got this sort of underlying assumption that everything needs to be entertaining every moment. So micro boredom comes from that desire. Okay, third, this is the serious issue, right? Macro boredom. What is macro boredom? Well, uh, Ed Welsh describes it as a psychological consequence of a functionally godless world. Okay, is your world functionally godless? Hey, you might say you're Christian, you might say you're Muslim, you might say you're, you're this, that, the other religion, but hey, how do you functionally live is the question. Are you functionally deistic in your life? Is God not, not a part of your life? Well. If, if you take away, he says, the personal center of the universe, here's what happens. Everything becomes whatever, okay? So all of life is trivialized. Nothing is more important than anything else. So, you know, your playlist on Spotify is as important as, you know, meeting even know a person. You know, like, it's just like, you got all these things, you know, the internet game you're involved in, or, you know, your job, I mean, these things just kind of seem to be like all diff all things are kind of on the same playing field and there's no gravitas, there's no weightiness to, to one thing over the other because the personal center of the universe has been removed and so, mm. you know, everything becomes trivial. And, and, and that we prefer a purposeful life because of who we are, we're made to be purposeful and be pursuing something uh, and we get in our own soul and heart, right, that that some things are more important than others, but we're confused about what that is. Right. And that's where, that's where we get this sort of macro boredom and it leads to all kinds of dysfunctional behavior. Now, some people really latch onto this, I've gotta be purposeful. I've gotta be purposeful. And purposeful, just, just seeking purpose can actually become um, a sort of whatever. You know, because a self-fulfillment, if it's outside of having the personal center of the universe being God and, and His glory and our good, then, then, then that, that purpose-seeking life is self-fulfillment, which leads to that whatever is too. So let's, let's think about boredom. So Zach, any thoughts as you're thinking through the applications of those? Yeah, we've, we've talked a little bit about what is boredom. Mm -hmm. I think it's also important to note who experiences it. Uh, and particularly, is it a new problem? Uh, and I would say no. Mm -hmm. I think most people who've put in some deep thought about this would say no. Even in kind of some Reformation era theologians, mm. uh, it's been noted that, um, like Blaise Pascal, not, not necessarily a theologian, mm -hmm. um, but has noted that, uh, he, he would say that, that all of man, this is maybe an exaggeration, but all of man's problems stem from his inability to sit quietly alone in a mm. room. Mm. Uh, so touching on boredom there, he's obviously, I'm not exactly sure when he lived, but a long time ago, and then again, 
is it only a problem that we experience once we kind of get older? Uh, and again, like Reformation era theologians would, would, would observe that, uh, like, if you take away a child's object of distraction, they just become miserable. And like, everybody knows that. But it's easy to think that boredom is kind of a something that we experience when we have bigger things to worry about or when we start thinking about the deeper meaning of life. But it's from from childhood. This is something that we experience, something we don't like, something we really try to avoid. So even kids are kids are kind of getting at this and maybe for them it's toys or video games now. Um, but I think it's it's good to realize early on in this discussion that it's not a new problem like historically. It's also not a new problem age-wise. It's not just something that a certain demographic experiences. It's it's kind of a universal problem, uh, something that humans universally don't like and want to avoid. Good. Yeah, well said. I think that's it definitely your point of universal, trans-temporal, yeah. even in, in a sense of it, it transcends our era, our generation. Now, as you're thinking through this, you hit on a lot of things. It's spiritual, it's relational, it's physical, it's mental. All the, all the areas we focus on here, it's all integrated, right? You know, I, I was asking my wife this question the other day of where does the word boredom arise in our children? It always arises in our children. Like they start to say, hey, I'm bored. And it's an everyday yeah. thing. Where did they learn that? Because we didn't teach them the word bored. I don't know like where this came from. Bored, this concept of I need to be entertained, I'm bored. I can't sit still, as Blaise Pascal says. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, and that's where all the problems come from, is I can't sit still, I can't be quiet, I can't be content to not be filling my life with entertainment. I don't know. Uh, there, there's, I think there's something to it physically, you know, mm -hmm. that, that we actually are not in peak physical condition. And you may laugh when I say peak physical condition, but, but, but if, we, if we're not able to sit upright with good posture and strength and be still, then we're gonna fidget. We're gonna to wanna to get up. We're gonna to wanna to do something else. We're gonna we're gonna to move to something that's going to be the path of least resistance. You know, if we're if we're lazy and dysfunctional physically, then we come become lazy and dysfunctional mentally mm -hmm. and spiritually. And so we're gonna to need to fill that space. Let, let's be passive, let something entertain me rather than coming up with something to do. You know, this is the we we tend to flow or water tends to flow from from higher to lower, you know, and there's a, there's this idea of um, you know, getting to uh, get, getting to play. I just, it's going to be least resistance. You know, mm -hmm. we want to find a, a way to uh, entertain ourselves, and it's much easier to let something do that for us than to put in the muscle to sit and the the brain power to sit and to reflect and meditate and solve a problem versus unplug and go entertain myself with an app or news or something like that okay so thinking through that there's a there's a huge um, interactive integrative dynamic in our lives I'd love to hear what y'all's thoughts on that are help me to think through my own boredom and my own problems and solve them with me we've got the issues as well as Zach here uh, I wanted to um, bring Zach on Zach has been just a recent college graduate, so congratulations right. for that. Thank you. Uh, you're a millennial, and I'm not a millennial, <laughs> so I wanted to get get your take on these things too. Yeah. Uh, as as someone who's right in the thick of it, but uh, let's talk about where, where to that point of where does this come from? 
uh, a fascinating uh, pop cultural icon uh, that I that as I was thinking of that question is Indiana Jones. Okay, yeah. Indiana Jones. The guy is an archaeologist. Okay, but like there's a lot of things. Yeah, well, but, but <laughs> he, at his at his at his essence, he is an archaeologist. But but it's an archaeologist that that that, that fights Nazis. You know, like he saves princesses. Mm -hmm. He uh, he goes uh, ch being chased by booby traps and, and gigantic uh, balls that might roll over him. Yeah. I mean, escaping. Uh, there's intrigue. There's there's adventure. Uh, it's glamorous, and, and I feel like if we can feel like an ordinary calling of being an archaeologist, I mean, like you're polishing artifacts and figuring out, you know, recreating where they're from and understanding all yeah past culture stuff. You know, like. We just feel like we're not satisfied with that. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like ordinary is just uh, culture. That's not a value we cherish, right? right? So that's a problem that leads to this idea of boredom. Maybe that's where our kids are getting it. Um, Emmett in the Lego movie, he's kind of a hand <laughs> as, as this uh, just everyday construction worker guy. He's an yeah. everyday guy, and he's sort of disqualified from being a hero, you know? And so that kind of the, the twist of the movie, spoiler, is he does become a hero by being simply ordinary, you know? And that's an oddity, you know? So. Very clever movie there. Um, one more uh, you know, pop cultural icon here you might understand. Uh, Star Wars. You got the newest trilogy. Rey, the, the, hero, the heroine of the movie. Uh, there's this big you know, mystery over her. We, we're filming this after uh, episode uh, 8 has already dropped. And episode 9 is coming up in December. I can't wait mm -hmm. to see that. See how it all comes together. But, but she, her, her big mystery is, is she somebody or is she nobody? You know, is she just an ordinary person or not? You know, so this idea of ordinariness, we run from it, we fear being common, we fear that kind of everyday stuff, right? So, so that's a, that's a big, uh, big uh, thing we gotta wrestle with. We, we realize, uh, you know, if I commit to something, then I'm gonna limit my options and I might miss out on something. I might miss right. out on the, and so we, we get bored with relationships and don't give them a, an opportunity when they get tough or, you know, they get mundane. Uh, so we'll break up, so we'll move on to somewhere else. We transfer schools because it's not actually working out, you know, as exciting as we anticipated it to. It didn't meet our needs uh, and all of our hopes and dreams and joys. So we move on, we move on. We just, we can't stick to things because there's this inherent cultural pressure. Uh, and so to, to, to be entertained and to mm -hmm. have everything meet our needs. So uh, where do you think that comes from? Where, where are we, uh, how are we trapped in this, in this cycle? Yeah, I think I think it's it's right to say that it's a, a cultural pressure, but mm -hmm. kind of like we, we spoke about earlier, I would also I would say it's a cultural pressure because it's it's in everybody. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not that certain people who are powerful in the culture have kind of made other people think about this and therefore other people have fallen into this trap of avoiding boredom. I think does that make sense? It's it's kind yeah. of it's kind of come up in our culture because it's Universal in all of us, so no matter what culture we're yeah. in. Yeah, you know, so we all we all contribute to that culture of boredom, or to that culture of uh, avoiding boredom, and you know, devising new ways mm -hmm. to avoid it, being averse to it. Uh, so I do think it's it's a it's a culture, but it's not a culture where some people uh, determine what everyone else is going to feel. Everyone brings that to the table. Yeah, I think uh, w the question to me it's fascinating to you and uh, this of like cultural stuff is like. Hey, what would you bring with you if you had to take one thing on a desert island? Yeah, you know, and that says a lot about when you, how you answer that says a lot about your fear. You know, like it's yeah. like, hey, am I fear I'm going to be bored while I'm there? I need something that's going to entertain me. You mm -hmm. know, like what, like I think that actually might be our greatest fear. 
Yeah. And part of that is why do we feel this is we actually are disconnected from people, mm -hmm. you know, and so we're looking for things to provide what relationships ought to be doing. And so yeah. there's brokenness within us and we don't want to, we don't want to be known or we don't want people to, we don't want to know others where there's, there's some anxiety there with yeah. us. And so, so it's just easier to get hooked on technology or the latest thing that they show uh, versus doing the hard awkward work of building relationships. Yeah, and I think I'm really glad mm -hmm. that you mentioned the word fear because mm -hmm. I, I think I think we should look at boredom as related to fear mm -hmm. instead of just kind of this harmless yeah. like this emotion all by itself that, that is not fearful or anxious or discontent or anything like that. But even even if we go back to Pascal, yeah. you know, I'm I I don't want to sit alone in a room quietly. I think a really good question to ask is, "What are you afraid of? Like, why don't you want to do that? What are you afraid that's going to happen?" Yeah, uh, is fear is is fear? Uh, you know, you guys listening might not agree with this, but I think fear is a moral uh, as a moral component. You know, like that, that there are times when you ought to be afraid, and there are times when you ought not to be afraid. Mm -hmm. Afraid there is there, there there you know so so in the Bible it tells us many times, "Do not fear." You know, but because of who God is, and, and so this idea of being afraid of things, you know, like is, uh, or or strength, or or uh, loneliness, or you know, th there's a commandment for that. It's called uh, it's a tenth commandment. It says, you know, don't covet what other people have. You know, and so so you know, the the the, the reality is that there is a person who is governing all things, and he's giving to us exactly what we need and is best for mm -hmm. us. And that disbelief in that, or that fear of we're missing out on something, is not just a FOMO. It's not just a funny concept. It's actually yeah. a spiritual malady. It's a, it's an illness. It's a, it's a death sentence to us. If we, if we continue in that way, it's going to lead to more and more um, poor fruit, rotten fruit in our lives. It's going to hurt us. And so I think there's a, uh, how do we get there? Well, we live in this. We swim in it. It comes from within us. So there's a sense in which we're victimizing ourselves because mm -hmm. of our lack of trust in God and our fear. You know, uh, of of missing out on something, and and it's also we talk about this in all of our episodes. We're victimized by where we are, and we're complicit in the victimization. And so, so here's here's an interesting article I want to share with you. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's from a book based on uh, Hooked: How to Build Habit Forming Product. It's a game designer out of Stanford, and he explains why apps on our phone like Facebook are so effective. He says that a successful app creates a persistent routine or behavioral loop. So the app triggers a need and then provides the momentary solution to it. Okay, think through some examples of that. So you feel bored, uh, what exactly we're talking about here. Yeah. You feel lonely, frustrated, confused, indecisive, and this, that's gonna instigate some pain or irritation, maybe slight irritation on your part, and that's gonna prompt you to an almost instantaneous, mindless action, take out the phone, pull up Facebook. You know, pull up something to quell the negative sensation. I got to get on Instagram, see what's going on to, to quell. I don't, I don't want to feel this negative thing. So, so it creates this, and then, and then the, the solution is the app. Okay. So gradually, those bonds that you feel through that are going to cement into habits. And so now you see at Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas, yeah. the family is all gathered and they've all got their phones scrolling through all their apps versus being present, you know, right. and that's so, so, but we're, we're hooked on it because 
the world is not neutral. The world is actually trying to sell us something mm -hmm. and from and make money off of our bondage to this stuff. And there's so so we're both victims and we're complicit in the victimization. We desire it, and that's why they're making they're they're exploiting us because they're 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 seeing what's inside us and they're exploiting mm -hmm. it and using it for their advantage. And so, but we it actually helps us because we don't want to deal with the the hard things. We don't want to. We don't want to go to the gym, you know, uh, uh, every day uh, or yeah. three days a week. We'd much rather have the quick fix, you know. Like I, I'll have that little thing that that I that I put around my belly the and, shaker. It, and it shakes yeah. me, or the shake weight. Yeah, <laughs> like like just these ridiculous, ridiculous <laughs> contraptions that we buy for three installments of nineteen ninety five yep. or whatever it is, versus the gym membership and the everyday making the time, getting up early. And doing the hard work, you know, we want the quick fix, and that's how that's how apps work. They're the quick fix, you know. Mm -hmm. So quick fixes, play on our boredom, and I hope that's enlightening for you. That was enlightening to me, yeah. yeah. So, as you're thinking about that, about how there's a, a hook, we're, we're all hooked on this, and that's going to be destructive, you know, as we get older, and, and and the boredom cycle will kill us. Now, think about when you get to your elderly years, you might end up in assisted living facilities. And there's a story I read about a, a, one of these uh, nursing homes in New York. And he, the, the man who wrote it, who was there doing the story, he said, three plagues in a nursing home, boredom, loneliness, and helplessness. And so this guy wanted to, to flip the script and eliminate those. So boredom, loneliness, and helplessness. What did he do? He brought in pets, lots of pets. Okay, so he, he started talking to the director and he's like, uh, how about a dog? And the guy's like, well, we got code issues. We can't do that. You know? Uh, well, the, the guy says, well, how about two dogs? He says, well, can't. It's against the code. <laughs> well, he says, so, so then he says, well, what about cats? He's like, no, you can't do dogs and cats. Okay. Uh, so what about birds? And eventually he ordered 100 birds. And so they, they ordered 100 birds. The birds got there before the cages got there. No. So they just turned the birds loose in one of the rooms all these parakeets got there, and, and you know it brought life to the place. It, they, let, they let them loose in the beauty salon of this uh, of this nursing home, and uh, you know they say that statistically there was good results. You know uh, it wasn't boring. Yeah, anymore. yeah I got they, yeah, they're, they're entertained. Yeah. So entertainment is not bad. Yeah. You know actually, and that's where we can get to here. Uh, prescriptions uh, cut were cut in half. Um, use of psychotropic drugs re reduced. Mortality rate the next year fell 15%. So it's helpful, you know. Uh, yeah. So uh, they called that the Eden alternative, and that's that's where we're going. It's a very apt name, right? Because yeah. because we're meant to have fulfillment. You know, we don't experience fulfillment, you know, in our lives because we're we're under a curse. We're under a fall. You know, like work is good. Work and rest balance is good. God made that in Genesis one and two, uh, but then. We fall away from God, we rebel against God, and then part of the curse is all of our days we're gonna experience the thorns of, of, of our work and the, mm -hmm. and the sweat of the brow, it's gonna be difficult for us. And so when you think about that, the desire to work, the desire to relate, the desire to, be, to have meaningful stuff to do and to be entertained, not a bad thing. In fact, our God's a storytelling God and we're made in His image, you know, as a, a guy, Mike Cosper, in his book, which we'll have the show notes, we'll, rec we'll recommend that to you. But Mike, Mike Cosper has a book called The Stories We Tell. And, and, and he talks about how we're created in the image of a storytelling God, and we love stories. We absolutely love to tell them. 
We love to experience stories. We love tension in our lives, even. So some of us are just instigators. We can't be. We have to. We have to have drama all the time yeah. because we, that we just. That's how we're made. We experience creation, fall, redemption, and glory. You know, that's what we're. That's our story. We're all in right now, uh, and we're either you know marching to that towards that, or we're derailing from that. So, so this idea of a, of a progression in our life or a story uh, is and, and work and meaningfulness is something we are longing for, it's difficult, so that's where we gotta talk about, so how do we avoid the boredom? How do we do it? And, and I, so the next question is, um, why, where, we, uh, why, or <laughs> who is it out there that's not bored? Like, where do we get, where do we find these people, and what can we learn from them? So Zach, I'm gonna throw it to you, we, we kinda talked about this earlier, who, yeah. who is it, yeah. Well, earlier we were talking about who doesn't fit that uh, criteria of not being bored, and we try to think of maybe who are the who are the first people you'd think of saying like, oh, that person definitely isn't bored, uh, and we came up with like famous YouTubers pretty much mm-hmm. who make all their money like they make their living from the sponsors on their videos. They just get to do ridiculously cool stuff mm-hmm. like all the time. They get to travel to cool places, you know, whatever their kind of field is. Uh, they get to they have all the money or all the sponsors just give them free gear to do all their stuff uh, so I think I think if you asked uh, a lot of people in our culture and maybe even asked me if I if I didn't think about it and just said hey like gut reaction who do you think isn't bored I'd probably say someone like that mm. uh, but the reality is that some of these some of these uh, these people who do that for a living have even come out and said, guys, like it's not what you think it is. Uh, and it's not that, often it's not even that we uh, misunderstand what their daily routine is like. It really is what we think it is. Like they do really get to do all that cool stuff, but our kind of, our kind of dream, uh, our fantasy of, or our hope of saying, man, if I could, you know, that's, that's, that's what would solve my, uh, my problem of boredom if I could just you know would have just gotten big on YouTube and, and, hmm. and been able to do what this guy does uh, and it kind of just gets wrecked by the the person who has that and mm-hmm. says no like it doesn't really it doesn't really fix anything and yeah. some of the some of the ways that you guys explain yeah, being crazy. bored I feel the exact same way and I didn't at first but it got old like and, and it's just like anybody's job gets old they feel the same way so we, we talked earlier about mm-hmm. that's who is not found the solution of boredom. Yeah. Uh, but earlier, I think the real answer to this question comes back to what you mentioned earlier about uh, the mandate, the 10th commandment to, uh, yeah. uh, you mentioned you know, the 10th commandment to not covet, and then talked about how there's a person, like a personal God who is decreeing, ordaining, uh, governing all things, who, and not just in theory, and governing the big things, like keeping you know, meteors from hitting the earth today or whatever, but personally, like in each of our lives, uh, all of our circumstances to the smallest degree uh, are being measured out, precisely given, not, no randomness at all. So I, I think that if if we really grasp that and embrace that and just, just believe that, yeah, there's no, there's nothing boring about that, knowing that the God of the universe uh, picked everything in my day today hmm. exactly the way he wanted it. And that's not to say it's going to be easy, 
Uh, and most of the time it's not. There, there, there will be suffering-filled days and suffering-filled periods of time in our life. But So it's, it's not that it makes it always fun, but it's definitely not boring. Mm-mm. There's nothing boring about knowing that, that God is yeah. intimately involved in all of your circumstances, not just having a relationship with you, not like even a human relationship where I can... I can have a, a wonderful, fulfilling relationship with another person, but my circumstances, that person has no control over. Mm-hmm. God, it's like, I can have an even more fulfilling relationship. He totally knows me. And he also says, like, I know Zach. I know Justin. Mm-hmm. I know what's best for them. And I actually have the power to, yeah. to change everything in the world yeah. to, to give them what's best for them. Uh, and the reality is that every believer, like, that's, that's promised to them. Yeah. So... How could I you covet if you had that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got it all. Yeah. And, and people would say, oh, like, I wish that were true. And, like, uh, that is true. Like, uh, you have that offer no matter who you are. Like, if, if you're a believer, like, be encouraged. That's, that's, that's what you have. It's not a waiting for you after you kind of get your act together. And if you're, if you're not a Christian and you, you say, well, like, I wish I could be a good enough person to have that. Like, that'd be awesome. That's just not how it works. Like, you can, you can believe in Jesus and have that today. Mm-hmm. Like, you can... You can uh, be free from, from boredom, uh, and not not the Christians don't. I feel bored all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's and it's not like Justin was saying a, yeah. uh, a a big character fault or or a sin to to have these feelings. But you can you can you can have the uh, you know in Christ you can have what you need to turn to the right solution to boredom. To, to actually have real contentment instead of the next Netflix show or the next yeah. hobby or getting a bunch of parakeets. Vegetarian pants. Uh, yeah. Hey, that's yeah. a good practice. Not going to solve all your problems though. No, man. A bunch yeah. of parakeets flying around your house. Not going to, not going to help you ultimately. You know, Hey, so, so, so there, there's a Psalm you need to pull over the car, <laughs> <laughs> take out your app, whatever you do, look up the Bible and, and go to Psalm four and just, it's eight verses. Read through it. It ends with this. It says, in peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me to dwell in safety. Okay, now, that's not boring. Okay, there's a, there's a person who's governing all things, as you said, who not only knows, but has the power to do it. And yeah. he's doing it. And when we reflect on that, which takes work, uh, because this is a common problem to us, uh, life does not get boring. There's a purpose. We, uh, there's a uh, Ephesians 2:10 says that we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which are prepared for us in advance. If you if you have purpose for you, yeah, instilled by God, that's outside of time and space, and entering into your world right now as as God moves all things to get to accomplish those things. That's not boring. Okay? Yeah, yeah. It's it, it, you got to put on your glasses to see it though. Yeah, and even. Another person who mm-hmm. I, would, I would say is not bored mm-hmm. is like a soldier in active combat. There's no, you know, <laughs> there's right. a lot of strong emotions, yeah. but he's not bored, yeah. you know? And the, the, the mm-hmm. conversation about purpose, mm-hmm. like whether or not you realize it as a believer, as a Christian, mm-hmm. you are in a, you're in combat, you're in the most important battle, the most important uh, campaign mm-hmm. that's, that's, just the biggest scale that the world has ever seen. Yeah. It's uh, and it's it's of eternal importance too, and the victory is already, you know, determined that it's going to happen. So you can you can take part in that. So even if you don't really have any anything going on this Saturday afternoon, and you kind of feel bored, 
you can realize that in a very real way, you're you're taking part in that. So yeah. just as a soldier is not bored in combat, if you if you embrace the reality of of the mission that you're a part of, you can you can fight boredom with that. Let me let me uh, kind of close up this thing with a story, right? Yeah. So I went to support a friend the, uh, about a year ago, and, and and the friend was in a court case, involved in a court case, and as we're waiting on his to start, we were sitting watching other court cases, and, and one of them was uh, this guy had committed a murder or something, and he was being um, sentenced for his crime, and the judge sentenced the man to life in prison. And I got to see this. It was a very mundane thing. The judge up there, the, the, the uh, accused here, the convicted, and he delivers the sentence. And he says, life in prison. That's a, that's a, I mean, like those words communicated so much and so much meaning packed in that. And, and I, I just, I, I feel like that was a great aha moment for me when when, when God really looks at me and says, you are righteous, you are in Christ, Every, all of his is yours. I mean, these are, these are words and they make reality. You know, those words determine reality. So, uh, you know, when, when, when any, you got to look for those um, analogies all the time. We're talking about a, a, at our dinner table the other day, we're talking about Survivor, the show, which is interesting, like a, a reality show we're talking about. But... But you know, like when they when they you know snuff out somebody's fire, that person's off the island. You know, there's a, there's a judgment pronounced against against them. And we when we talked about justification in the Bible. You know, you go read Romans, and then you can't escape this this declaration that God makes, a legal declaration for His people. And that's thrilling to think about the implications of that, how this all occurs. It's the greatest story ever told, where God justifies the ungodly. You know, it's the, the woman in Luke 7 who is uh, an embarrassingly, you know, immoral sinner. And, and the, the, the religious people are looking at Jesus saying, if he only knew who that was, he would run far, as far away from her as he could get. But then he looks at him and says, he who's been forgiven much loves much. And so if you can, if you can really understand yourself, I can understand myself, and... And the fact that God, who could choose anybody, picks me, that is thrilling. That's, that's the love story we're looking for. And that's every love story that's ever been written really plays upon that sort of, hey, here's this unattainable thing, and here's this unlovable you know, damsel in distress or whoever it is, and there's, this, you know, there's a conflict, and then it gets resolved, and they live happily ever after. This happily ever after is already available to us in Christ, and we've got to fight for that. We do have to fight for it because everything we're, we're, we're experiencing out of us sometimes and from outside with the apps that are designed to, to amuse us to death, uh, we have to fight that in order to, to fight for what we already have. Because you know, like the, the enemy uh, is trying to sell us something we already have, which is mm -hmm. contentment, joy, hope, excitement, adventure. We already own that. We already own it. And you can't, you can't have a, um, we can't look at sex or, or career on a pedestal and, and pray to that and say, be my God and rescue me. Because it's not going to do it. It's only going to be unfulfilling. So you, as you think through that, we, we, can't, we can't, you know, trade created things for the personal creator, right? So as we're wrapping it up, 
let's talk about some practical things that everybody we can do today to really battle against our boredom. Okay, and so a few things. Um, read the Bible. <laughs> That's a great thing. You know, read, like just systematically work through it. Somebody once told me the Bible. I can't read the Bible. The Bible's too boring. Okay, sit down with me and let's read the Bible together. Okay, like. <laughs> I'll show you. It's not boring. You actually, open up the thing. Yeah. I mean, it goes. I mean, like it is entirely. It's the. It's so. It's so not boring. Okay, yeah. like, you actually have to read it. I mean, there are miracles. There's adventure. There's intrigue. There's scandal. Mm -hmm. There. There's everything you want on Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> yeah. and everything you want on House of Cards. Yeah. Everything you want on Breaking Bad. It's all in the Bible. It's all there. Okay. I'll never forget when when Hank realized Heisenberg's identity in Breaking Bad. Uh, the look on his face. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like. But you get that look when Peter says, "He's the Christ." You know, it's like like this is like the, the greatest thing, the greatest news you can ever see. John says it's the Lamb of God. Like like if you actually read cover to cover, when Jesus is born, the climax of all of human history mm. has occurred. And, and, it, and it's a, it's a, it, you got to read it in the whole context. You got to slug through the whole thing yeah. and get with other people who understand it as well and help you understand it because it's the greatest story you can ever read. So read the Bible. Uh, and that's the most important thing we can do. Now, a good practice, and I want to, I want to, I want you to keep me accountable to this: is before you go to bed every night, make a tomorrow list. Okay, the last thing on your list of your things to do that day is to make a list of things you got to do the next day because that leads you to some purpose you know hey I've got stuff I've got to do that's mm -hmm. just a, a simple thing a tip to, to really feel like hey I'm not gonna be bored because I have a direction and then I'm gonna close up my day by pointing to more direction for the next day so, so thinking through those things of how do you get uh, direction now a physical goal I want you to pick one exercise this week and find a gym and find your one rep max. Get a friend to go with you. If it's bench press, if it's squat, if it's curls, something. If you're if you find an overhead press, figure out how much is the maximum amount of weight you can lift. And then if that's a hundred pounds, drop down to eighty or eighty-five percent of that, and, and do a few reps of it, a couple times. Drop down about sixty percent. Do a few more reps of that. Drop down to fifty percent. Do a few more reps, and before you know it, you're going to be doing more weight than, than your one rep max. This is how it works. Progressively overload yourself, but stick to that plan until you're able to do more. Don't go changing it up. Stick to the ordinary, basic ways. You know, you don't have to get fancy here. Just stick to the ordinary and see the results. See what the ordinary and see just that's a real practical way to see ordinary blocking and tackling is the way to success. Don't disparage the ordinary, right, Zach? Mm -hmm. Like commit to the ordinary, the regular stuff, and don't think you always got to be on this cloud nine. Everything's a, a yeah. awesome and, fat and, yeah, diet. Yeah. Or yeah, this is the new exercise. Forget to get about fit. it. Yeah, no, we haven't discovered anything new. Nope. Yeah, there's nothing new in the sun. It's all the same stuff. Um, okay, um, Eugene Peterson. No, he's a good guy. Yeah, Eugene Peterson, okay. He had some good things to say. He was talking about how we think we got to go to the Rocky Mountains to, and you just got back from Rocky Mountains. I Congratulations, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's a spring break, you know. Oh, yeah. So, we talked about spring break <laughs> last week and how it's an unjustified vacation, but it's oh. a good thing. It's a beautiful oh. thing. Yeah, so, hey, but, but, <laughs> but we're glad you got to go. We're jealous. Okay, Thanks, so. Man. 
But, but hey, you don't need to go to the Rocky Mountains to experience the glory of God's creation. Just get on a bus this week, okay? Like go on a bus and see all the unique people around you. We've talked about this before and we're talking about the beauty of people in episode you know, four, I believe it was. And so we're thinking about getting out there and listening and responding to people and seeing who they are. That's a great way to, to see, hey, people are not boring, but you, it takes work to get to know them and see, hey, this is, this is exciting. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, so take that, pick a book, read it every day. Re- read it 20 minutes a day. Uh, that's one thing you can do to start building mental toughness to, to tackle your boredom because you're going to have something to meditate upon. Mm. You don't have to go to something else. You've got it inside you. It's in your head. Okay. Um, and then ask God to take away distracting uh, uh, desires. Uh, so, um, Zach, you got anything else? I don't think so. I mean, okay. I guess core takeaways. Uh-huh. Core takeaways. Boredom, a fear issue, and, a, you know, not willing to believe uh, that that God has a very non-boring plan picked out for us and practical takeaways, what we just listed. Work out, don't go to the Rockies. Oh, you, you can't go to the Rockies, <laughs> but get on the, you can get on the bus too. Yeah. yeah. Hey, check it out guys. There was an old movie when I was growing up called Robocop. Oh my god. You ever heard that, you seen it? Yeah. It's a great movie, right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, hey, I just love, what was unique about this when I was growing up? Yeah, I mean like the special effects and everything else are much better these days, right? But when you'd see robots, uh, RoboCop's perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like you got his computer operating system coming up and he's got his prime directives on the outside yeah. of the screen there. And he's like, oh, it's got, he's got prime directives. He's got these are programmed into him. Yeah. So our problem ultimately at the end of the day is our prime directive is wrong, okay? My biggest prime directive is not to be amused and entertained all my life. That is not my prime directive. Now, I enjoy that. It's not a prime directive. My prime directive, what's my prime directive? To know and enjoy God. Know and enjoy God. I like that one. Yeah. If that's not your prime directive, you need to get reprogrammed. Talk to us about it. You got it. You got it. E- talk to somebody about it. But email us fullyalivepodcast at gmail.com if you've got questions. Hey, help us to get to a hundred subscribers. We're this fledgling podcast. Subscribe. Share it on your social media. Subscribe. Get help us to get more subscribers so we can get the word out about this. If you're benefiting from it. Be a champion of it. Get it out there. We want to, we want to help other people get fully alive and, and experience transfer, transformation. We hit you with we hit you with episode ten next week. Ten. I hope you haven't turned this off like I told you to do <laughs> and, and and miss this message. But episode ten is coming next week. We appreciate you for listening. Uh, it's a big historic episode. So tune in next time. Now we, we are, are made, made to, to live fully, fully alive, alive, built, built to, to worship, worship the living, living one. one. Boom. All right.